I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. And now, giving you access to the locker rooms and the minds of the independent scene, here are the curtain jerkers of pro wrestling podcasting, Mike Crockett. Actually, I prefer to be called Maestro. And the kingpin, Brian Malonis. He's the whiz, and nobody beats him. This is the wrestling podcast about nothing on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 71, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully, they said, we think you may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring, and not joining me as always is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars, the Irresistible Force, the Immovable Object, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. No, no. Instead, I'm joined by a former pro wrestler but current owner and head trainer at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. He's also a current commentator, referee, roving reporter, runner-inner, and so much more. It's Brian Fury. Hello, sir. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Crockett. How are you? You've got many hats. You wear many hats these days. I wear many hats, and you should be wearing a hat right now. What do you mean by that? that I got hair- a nice haircut. <laughs> Haircut's a little, little high and tight, a little snug, <laughs> a little snug to the skull. I like it that way. It's uh, easy to style. Yes, definitely. Thinking to rock this sooner before? Uh... I, I, I mean, I'm probably going to be rocking that pretty soon myself. <laughs> uh, we're, we're following the same path, I think. Well, nothing wrong with that. It's uh, aging gracefully. Very much so. Thank you very, very well, much. Well, I did see that picture on Facebook today that your wife posted with you in the uh, can of Rockstar. Yeah, th- I guess I was... Very handsome young man. That was from uh, Ring of Honor, I guess, when I was... Had a, a cup of coffee. You and Handsome Johnny were the two pictures that are trying to get Rockstar to, yeah. to uh, sponsor. It's amazing that it didn't go through. <laughs> those two handsome faces. Handsome Johnny and Handsome Mikey. Two guys, not on the roster. Hey, sponsoring them on it. <laughs> well, uh, no Kingpin Brian Malonis today. What, what I think happened is that he found out that I wanted to have you on, and there must be some sort of heat there. I think you're... Am I, am I on his, You're on the his feud list? list. Yeah. Okay. You just made the list. We're doing that Jericho <laughs> gimmick about like nine months too late. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. The Kingpin a of, is a lot of feuds. With that guy. He's an angry individual at times. He is. He's. Uh, I was looking for a word. Unkempt was not the word, but that's what came <laughs> to my mind. But yeah, he's a, he's a, he's an angry fellow. He's hitting the highways and byways. He's uh, doing the wrestling gimmick all over the place. Unavailable. I remember those days. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Way back when. Yeah, when when you weren't traveling to wrestling shows as you still are every nine, weekend. Nine months ago. Nine months ago, Michael. Nine months ago? And close to a year ago is probably when you announced it here on the right in this podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So you're still, I mean, you're still traveling all over the place doing... I've been to a couple shows. Been to a couple. <laughs> I haven't done all these comebacks you're saying I've been doing. You're been a, you're a roving reporter. It's right here on on my sheet. <laughs> I uh, you know I still enjoy just because I'm not active in it. I still enjoy wrestling. I still go to shows and watch and stuff. Unlike yourself, you don't go to independent shows or watch anymore. How many since you've like ref my match? You ref that one match at Fenway Park, right? How many other shows in all those months have you attended? I went to a show or two. Did yeah, yeah, did you? Yeah, I went to a, a, one chaotic wrestling show in Lawrence. I remember I was there. One Ring of Honor show, right? Right. Yeah, I, I might be going to NXT coming up. Oh, okay. Next you, month, you somebody, be there? Somebody getting your tickets? Uh, maybe you can hook me up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I I might be there. It's like a weird day. It's like that. Then I have my referee gig the next day. Then I have a wedding, and then I leave for lovely Disney World the day after. So what are you doing Disney World again? Day. I'm going to uh, see Mickey Mouse. What is it with wrestlers in Disney World? It's like... Well, Michael, not all of us are miserable human beings like yourself. We like to go to the happiest place on earth and enjoy it. Well, I have a theory. It's that the people involved in the wrestling business, it's like a business that's kind of juvenile, I guess. A bunch of lost boys with Peter Pan. Yeah, and so... 
everyone that I know that's involved in wrestling, their favorite place in the world is Disney World, where they can continue to be a kid. Is that there anything to that? Well, I've only I only went one one time ever. It was like eight years ago. And my fiance hasn't been since she was a young, young, young child, so she really doesn't remember any of it. But I remember, yeah, definitely feeling like a kid and pretty carefree while I was there. If I wasn't going there, I'd just go to Vegas. So it's it's one or the other for me. Like I guess I, I can be a kid in a different way there. Just a lot, yeah, a twenty-one-year-old a kid, I guess. Losing a ton of money either way. Ah, come on, I ain't losing money. It's money well spent. <laughs> well, today on the wrestling podcast about nothing on the NAI Wrestling Network, you are here, Brian. It will be talking about. The New England Pro Wrestling Academy will be talking about wrestling training, uh, what goes into being a trainer, what goes into training to be a professional wrestler, and I'm sure we'll talk about that and so much more. Also, your promo about nothing is coming up and so much my more. My promo about nothing? Is it, my, is it a promo of me? I'm, I'm offering it to you, oh, yes. okay. I was going to say. Well, no. You, you could th- probably find many a promo <laughs> of me out there worthy of that segment, but I'm sure let's, uh, let's, let's not. I kind of stay away from the independent promos because, you know, people are still developing. Developing. Good thing. And you were still developing till the day you retired in terms of <laughs> promos. <laughs> but uh, before we get into the training and all that stuff, Brian, the last time you were on the podcast, you gave me a lambasting yeah, about uh, my viewing habits when it came to WWE. So you watched, I, I listened to your podcast the other day, you, you watched TakeOver, did you watch it from your house? No. No. I went to, I went to a, a viewing party. Okay. You didn't want to watch it from your house? I like to be with my pals. Did you watch the preview to the May Young Classic, Monday Night After Raw? I did not. Why? Why? Because I have yet to purchase the WWE Network. Oh my goodness. And Monday, the May Young Classic goes online. It goes on the WWE Network, so I guess I'm going to have to sign up. Yeah, you got like, well, when this is on, you better have it by then, right? I'm waiting for coupon code. Hopefully one comes in at the 11th hour. <laughs> Google search. Yeah. Uh, Just make up some uh, fake email address. Can't you do that? Is this a free month one? I don't I don't know when Brian, that's a free month. Brian, you, you're angling to get a job in the company. Look, what are you I've doing giving away free stuff? I've had the network since it started, and I, I didn't let it lapse. Well. I've been meaning to leave a voicemail these past couple of weeks here, and there's so many different episodes that I've been wanting to chime in on that I don't even remember what they all are now. Well, it's an hour-long voicemail that you could you could just chime in all episodes. I was going to sing the Undertaker's old theme music that you guys left off one of the greatest theme songs of all time. No, we left. You're it off. gonna pay. You're gonna pay. We left it off. This beca- will be your judgment day. We left it off because it was on the worst oh. entrance theme episode. Hundred percent disagree. <laughs> I couldn't disagree more. I loved that theme song. <laughs> Love that theme song. And Tarzan talked about that. You you sang that at a sh- the live show, thing, beginning to end. Were you in the business at the time? Oh yeah, <laughs> I believe I was. <laughs> if I remember correctly, I was. I loved that song. I love it so much. I love the American Badass Undertaker. He's so awesome. I really think I think the American Badass Undertaker should have been the Undertaker that wrestled Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. You've done it now. <laughs> You've gone and made a big mistake. <laughs> yeah, with that, with that uh, opinion, yes. Another one of my favorites was Christian, when Christian first became a single star. And I think that's why I love Bobby Roode's glorious theme song so much, because it kind of reminds me of Christian's a little bit. The Christian! <laughs> yep. At last, you're on your own. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved that one a lot, too. And I got to say, uh, my favorite entrance at NXT TakeOver was Aleister Black. I thought it was awesome. Live band playing. He did his, his rise gimmick right in between the bands. Standing there still. They're all jamming around him. It was so awesome. We didn't even talk about that match. We didn't, did we? You were so excited. Freaked out when WWE signed Kenta. And w- what do you say about him now? He's just a guy. Just a guy. They didn't let him be the guy that he was in Japan. They didn't let him? Yeah. He told, he, he told you that? Oh, sorry. Uh, did he talk to you and tell you that? I'm that just saying, unless he told you that, is you're going on the old rumor and innuendo, the old dirt sheets, the dirt sheet shuffle stuff there, Crockett. Well, that is my take on it. That's my take on it, Brian <sighs> Fury. Right. I think that's enough of stuff from the past episodes, but if something pops into my head from the past episodes, I'll, I'll just throw it out there. So you like TakeOver overall? I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I, I I agree with you guys. The opening match I think was the best match. It was awesome. 
super fast paced. The tag match, you know, kind of a big clunky fight, fight, fight type of thing. Um, main event was solid. Women's match solid. Over, you know, takeovers like like we see usually NXT most closely resembles the wrestling I think we grew up on. Um, storytelling, short, simple, week to week, an hour long episodes, and then that two two and a half hour pay per view every three months. Like it's it's awesome. And did SummerSlam measure up, in your opinion? I I enjoyed SummerSlam. I think um, the main event obviously stood head and shoulders above everything else, and I think the rest was good, not great. Nothing was spectacular, but nothing was bad, per se. So, yeah, in a day and age when when you watch five hours of pro wrestling and nothing is really bad on it, I, I think that that's good. A really good event, very enjoyable. Now, is Braun the new Kane to you? Because you're always <laughs> a huge fan of Kane. I don't know if anyone's going to be the new Kane to me, but Braun Strowman <laughs> is pretty awesome. I will never forgive you guys for changing the channel at Ray's house that time and <laughs> me missing Kane. You were part of it. Kane's you agreed. Return. To, you agreed to it. So angry. I saw stuff online and I just started screaming, and you guys were like, "What?" I was like, "Fucking Kane came back, you assholes." Yeah, we we watched Raw every week at at Ray's house when Ray lived in Nashua, New Hampshire. All day, Ray, who who's never appeared in this podcast, D Ray. Yes, he is the Ray, and yeah, we're like. Five minutes to go in the show was a very long... It was two hours at the time, I think, and it was very long, and we were like, let's... After Raw, we would usually watch uh, local promotions. Local independents. Yep. We'd watch VCW or PWF or NECW. PWF or Big Time or random stuff that was on online or on TV, and you guys wanted to switch early. And you agreed to it. We all agreed together. It's not like you knew anything was going to happen. You, you thought it was a, a clunker of an episode like the rest of us did regret it to the day i die so we decided to watch you know whatever it was on pwf and we missed kane's big return and you were never you've never recovered yep i missed kane's big return probably watching like david baker versus tripalicious or something and there's nothing wrong with that i mean i love tripalicious oh but to miss <laughs> kane that's a bit much for me yeah so Somehow we'll get past this eventually, 10 years later. But uh, let's talk about you and the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. You had a successful fantasy camp today. Today. Uh, I mean, we're recording on Saturday for Monday's episode. Right before the big fight. Who you got, Michael? In the fight this evening, yes. we uh, McGregor, Mayweather. Why don't we just uh, give our picks right now so we can look like geniuses or absolute buffoons you want to go first i'll say i'll go hope against hope mcgregor does something oh brother why what are you what are you saying mayweather by knockout in eight knockout yep from what i understand he's not a knockout outers per se typically no but i think he's got something to prove and i think he's going to weather the storm for the first couple of rounds. It's not like he's really going to get hit much, but Connor's going to be awfully tired, and he's going to pick away at him. And then eighth round, done for. Dunsky. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I think if McGregor doesn't get something done in the first four or five rounds, he might be uh, in trouble. He's toast. Thank goodness. It's a battle of two guys I really don't like, but I hate one way more than the other. And you hate McGregor more than Mayweather? Wait, I can't stand Connor McGregor. Hmm. <laughs> Can't stand him. Can't stand him. <laughs> Can't stand ya. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what happens later tonight. Everyone will know if you're the asshole or if I'm the asshole. One of us. We're both assholes for <laughs> getting it and watching it. But, you know, you, you can't miss out. You can't be the only guy uh, not watching the spectacle. I guess not. I guess not. Uh, well, the camp went well today. You had a full, full house. A record number of people coming to the One Day Fantasy Camp. 41 people signed up and attended. It was fantastic. And uh, you had lots of people helping you there and lots of uh, eager people. There are a lot of eager people that, that start out anyway when they come to a uh, professional wrestling school. And, you know, it, I guess it's weathering the storm, whether they decide to pursue it in the long haul it's a uh, it can be difficult in the very beginning right oh very much so i think when you first sign up for wrestling training you you know you have all these ideas and you've always heard 
how difficult or hard and and things it may be and then when the reality kind of hits you you're like oh i guess it's a little more difficult and a little harder than i actually thought it was going to be because it really you know it's more than physical it's also pretty mental too i walked in there today i paid a little visit to the new england pro wrestling academy the first sound i heard when i walked in the door was someone in the bathroom so it's people don't understand the physical toll it takes a lot of it is the repetition right early on yes very much so so when you first start training and stuff um they don't realize how many times they're gonna do something because it has to kind of become like muscle memory it has to be something you have to be able to do without even thinking about it because there's gonna be a million and one other things going through your head so how to lock up you'll do that at least a thousand times over the course of training in your first couple months. Uh, learning how to hit the ropes just so your feet are correct. You'll do that again like 10,000 times because that's something we do on a regular basis. And when you're learning all the holds and the different things, repetition, 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 because muscle memory, you have to not be able to think about it, just be able to do it and have all the footwork and everything right. People don't necessarily think that or realize that. They just think they we teach it once, you learn it, and then, okay, they move on to the next thing. But... Just like in regular school, you're taught math over and over and over again until you can really understand it and just be able to do it without really thinking about it. Uh, Same thing here at the wrestling training. So when you signed up for wrestling school and when you went there the first day, what misconceptions did you have walking in the door that completely blew your mind when you realized it wasn't at all what you thought? Oh boy, trying to think. Trying to think way back then, Michael. (laughs) uh, Us two old timers here. Was it like maybe you thought you were going to get right on shows? Well, see, it, I don't you were a skinny little bastard. When I you was first, a skinny little yeah. guy, but I, I got on shows a lot faster than almost anybody that I know. So I don't know. I don't know if that was a product of the environment that I was in or or not, because I was a super skinny, tiny guy, and I was in, I guess, the independent land of the giants back there with the lobster man and stuff. They were all bigger guys, so I was kind of very different. I think. Um, my first two weeks of training, I wasn't even allowed to step foot inside the ring because we did all of our holds and stuff on the outside of the ring. And I think that made me respect the ring and made it more special when I was able to get in there and start doing the bumps and different things because, you know, you think, all right, I'm going to go pro wrestling training and just going to start getting in the ring and doing all kinds of stuff. And I'm just learning how to apply hammer locks and top wrist locks and different things, you know, on the outside of the ring, watching all the people that have been there for a while kind of be in there and do it so that was that was a surprise and that was kind of humbling so when you went to you said lobster man's to train then you went to steve bradley's who we've talked about at length here on the podcast if you want to go back episodes 60 and 61 is where we talked about Look at you. steve bradley throwing those numbers right off the top of your head yes and so what did you take when you became a trainer what did you take from your training i really liked the intensity that Steve brought to it. And I kind of, this may sound weird, but I really liked the intimidation factor that Steve had over his students. I think for me, I learned a lot better in that environment of not wanting to mess up or be worried what would happen if I continuously did things wrong or or not right because of how scary and intimidating Steve was, I didn't want to mess up. So it was almost more for him than it was for me, but that benefited me because obviously I was going to be doing things or trying that much harder for him, you know? And I, I think that's kind of like where our bond came in because, and I have that with a lot of my students too, because we end up becoming pretty close because they, they have that same type of, fear it sounds so weird to to, to, you know because like i'm supposed to be like a coach and and i am and i'm like a father figure to some of my younger students stuff and i am but the fact that like that fear and i think i guess like a respect factor is there and i I think that's a very big thing in training and when you talked about getting close to students someone who i think you're pretty close to and who speaks very highly of you and of your training and of the new england pro academy is donovan dijak who apparently is heading somewhere he's going south for the winter he's, well, he's going out west in like two weeks for uh, pwg bola 
Yes. As far as that, you know, I'm not sure where, wherever the wind may take him, he may uh he may land or, you know, he maybe I'll see him when I go to Disney in, in a couple couple weeks. Who knows? You never know. Who knows? You never know. But what uh, what is it like uh the friendship between you and a guy you're training? How does that kind of is is it like uh, about mutual respect? Well, for him, uh a mutual respect came I think after he was like on shows and wrestling and stuff, but for him being an athlete most of his life and being a college athlete, he was kind of used to that type of training, that type of tough love. Cause you're, you're, you're in college and you're an athlete. Like those coaches are no joke whatsoever. And you know, they scold you and they do this and they do that, but he kind of understood it and took to it very quickly, which is, you know, he was able to learn faster that way. Over the years I've adapted my style some to be nicer to others and be able to kind of read what type of training each student reacts to the best to the point where some of my older students say man you're a lot nicer now than you used to be <laughs> and i say it's not necessarily the case because you can ask them and they'll tell you that i am still very mean um, but back to your original question i think donovan really he took to that because he was used to that type of training via all the coaches and different things he's had in football and basketball throughout his life and how do you feel knowing that he is going on to uh, perhaps greener pastures? Greener. It's all about the money. <laughs> exactly. Um, you got cut of that, by the way. The money. <laughs> you made aside that contract, the, right? The old school, uh, <laughs> the old school trainer contract. Any type of money you make in wrestling, your first like ten years, I get ten percent. Yeah. yeah. No, I no. I, Jesus. I, I think I'd be doing pretty well if that were the case with a couple <laughs> of my students, but um. No, it's it's not lost on me how rare it is to have somebody have such success and to have the number of students that I've had go on to great success is really awesome and, and cool to me. And I don't know, I guess it solidifies that I know I'm doing things the right way and the correct way because these guys are all you know, it's my training, and they know it's my training that's helping them get their foot in their doors in a lot of the places that that they're going. So, I think I might have lost track of the actual original question you threw my way. But I mean, it's um, it's really cool to have students go on to greener pastures because it, it what it, I hate to be this guy, but like it benefits me, right, to be able to promote that. Hey, this student. Sasha Banks is on Raw. This student, Oni Lorcan, is on NXT. This student, Flip Gordon's on Ring of Honor. This student, Donovan Dijak, is floating in the air somewhere till he lands. I hate to like exploit that, but at the same time, it's really awesome for me to know that that's there for me to be able to show people to say, "Hey, look, this is proof that this is the correct way, and we know what we're doing, and you guys can benefit from coming here." It'd be great if you could put that on a website. <laughs> that was updated of more the than Ray. <laughs> yeah, it's actually that's that was I just had like a big like restructuring of things at the school not too long ago and as you saw today we got a big staff now, yep. you know, we added another night of the week and I had a big meeting with everybody and a website and new pictures and stuff of the website is actually right around the corner. So Wow. It's actually been talked about, Michael, but yeah. Oof, thank goodness getting Ray out of it, right? Well, stealing that <laughs> away from him. He'll still take care of that for me. He will? Oh, no. But at the same time, like, all the social media has been, you know, updated pretty regularly and stuff. And I think in this day and age, social media is somewhere people kind of go almost first and foremost before a website. To the point where a lot of companies don't even have websites at all. But the fact that we have, you know, a Facebook page, a Twitter, and Instagram, and a website, I think really speaks volumes to... The professionalism of the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. It's all NE Pro Wrestling. Yes. NE Pro Wrestling on all social media. NEProWrestling.com is the website. Yes. And uh, you mentioned Sasha Banks in there, of course, probably your most famous student. I think I've noticed, I'm sure you can corroborate this, that there has been a lot more women coming through the NEPWA. I would assume it's probably due to the fact that they know that Sasha Banks came from your school. Would you, you, you agree with that? Uh, well, that certainly doesn't hurt. I think the women's revolution in general, right? a lot more females want to try out and, and, and want to actually wrestle and stuff. There was a long point in time where you've watched wrestling on TV and women were only used as like eye candy or putting matches or different types of things like that. So a lot of females kind of stayed away, but... 
I think now with the woman being treated, I mean, I guess equals, right? I mean, they're definitely, they're called superstars and they're not divas anymore. They're all popped out there. I think that helps a lot. And I think the fact that, yes, Sasha Banks did come from my school helps a lot of the people in this area choose my school over other places that they could go and train. And she started at one of those fantasy camps like there was today at the uh, New England Pro Wrestling Academy. So when someone wants to train and when someone wants to show up to the New England Pro Wrestling Academy or any other nameless school out there, let's leave them out of it. But before they even step through the doors, what mindset should they have? What what should they be doing before they even decide they're going to sign up? Well, all right. So for me, it has to be something that you, oh, hello. Oh, we have a guest here. Hi. Hi. My, my lovely fiance is joining the room. And there, there she, goes. she goes. Well, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. I think um, all right, the right mindset definitely is you have to really love it. And a lot of people, that's, that's good because a lot of people usually do. And you have to be willing to understand how much work you're going to have to put in, which they usually don't. Um, there was a period of time with the WWE guys having a love for wrestling was held against you, which is sounds absolutely crazy right now. But there was a period of time, the early 2000s, I think, where if you were a wrestling fan, they didn't want you. It's <laughs> <laughs> I talked about this um, right before I retired, how like when I was in my prime, quote unquote prime, mm-hmm. It was the time where it was the death knell to be an independent wrestler. Right. Uh, if I had started like five or six years earlier, there would have been ECW, WCW, and all these other things, plenty of places to go. Mm-hmm. If I had started five years later, like right now, it's like the hottest thing in the world. If you're an independent wrestler and you're solid, like you're you're going somewhere. And when I was in my prime, it was like the death knell. Like independent wrestler, you like wrestling, you do this Nope, we don't want anything to do with you. We want to sign only people that have never been in the ring before. Uh, what, what, what's the saying? 6'4", 240? 6'2", yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And that, that's what you had to be to become a pro wrestler. And um, that, thank goodness that's not the case anymore. Um, so students love it, want to do it. And I think you have to be, you don't have to be in the best shape in the world because we help get you there. But the better shape you're in before you come, the better off you're going to be on those first couple, first couple months there, because you know the blow up drills and the different things that we do and put you through are no joke. And you're going to have a hard time paying attention and learning moves and stuff if you're still like dying and hurting from the stuff we did at the beginning of class to help get you in shape. I think if you have those three things, you're going to go a long way. So when you walk in the door, when you stepped into the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. What's the way you should be conducting yourself? Nowadays, now, conducting yourself and how people accept you, I'm going to kind of put these things into one category here because I remember when I first started, it was like cold shoulders. It was like, I wouldn't say it was still closed, but not everybody was super friendly. Mm -hmm. I actually comment to my students how thankful I am for them being so accepting of everybody that walks in that door and kind of joins them into the family pretty much right away and want them to succeed and try to, they, everybody helps everybody. And it wasn't quite like that when, when I first started. It was like, I'm kind of on my own, fighting for myself, like I need to do this. And I don't know if that's something I ingrained in the students or just the way the people are nowadays, but it's awesome for me to see how my students are accepting and, and and let everybody in. And I think I remember a time when Steve had to talk to all of his students and say, listen, you guys can't keep scaring off every single person that comes in here and signs <laughs> up just because they need to earn their way into the business. Like I, he goes, I get it, but you don't have to be like pricks to all these people. And um, my students are like the exact opposite, almost overly nice and friendly. That being said, how you conduct yourself, just like any other type of business, you'd be professional, you'd be nice. You know, the first thing we teach people, obviously, is the handshake, which is, to me, now, being around as long as I have been, 
If it's somebody important, I'll shake everybody's hand. Everybody else, I'm like, hey, 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 how you doing? Just a big wave of the hand. Right. Like 10, 10, pe- 10 people together, you know? Same thing for goodbyes. All right, bye, everybody. Take care. Um, but, you know, that's what we always teach that handshake and shake everybody's hand. And you never know who who's who, so always introduce yourself to everybody. And then it's just kind of common sense to me. Like, you just be a regular person. You be polite, you be kind, and you help out whatever's needed to be helped out. And just don't get too comfortable too early. Because that can always turn people off. But for the most part, uh, my students do a good job of policing each other, which is good. Keeping each other in line and making sure no one goes too far left or too far right. Everybody just kind of stays in, in that center lane until they're established enough to be able to wander out of it a little bit. So in general, what's the hardest thing for people to grasp at the start of wrestling training? Right now, we have a crop of students that overthink everything there's a couple of students that are really smart like incredibly book smart and that this will sound weird too but the smarter you are book smarts at the beginning of pro wrestling and training the harder it's going to be because you're going to overthink every single thing now pro wrestling later on when you're doing psychology and stuff you need all those smarts But at the beginning, we're doing all the thinking for you. We're telling you step-by-step exactly what it is you need to do. You don't have to think at all. Just listen and do it. And so many people get in their own heads and try to overthink every single little step as far as like a a back bump, say. Like, okay, tuck my chin and lift my hips and take this step and slap out and this and that. And they try to like analyze it and break it down a hundred times in their head versus just listen to what we say. It's pretty plain and simple do it. So I think that's the biggest thing is people overthink a lot at the beginning rather than just listen because we're doing all the thinking for you at first. And you have a bunch of sayings on your uh, whiteboard in the school. And one of them says, stop thinking, start feeling. Yes. That's uh, definitely something a little... It comes into play a lot at the beginning, but definitely more the more advanced that you are because once you're... Instead of overthinking things or, or thinking about this and that, just feel what comes natural, feel what the crowd is kind of giving you and then play off of those types of things. Yeah, that is one of my favorite sayings that's up there. Now, when people come into the school, do they come in saying, I want to do this character right here? Or or do you get both people that have no idea and people that are like, I'm going to be Dickie McButts. (laughs) The crazy characters are actually less and less nowadays. And I think that's a product of what's on television Mm -hmm. because there aren't a ton of characters per se but there are still some people that are like dead set and like this is what i want to do this is what i want want to be blah 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 and i'm like all right none of that will come into play for another four or five months uh so let's put that in the back burner for now see how you feel about it then and then i can tweak it or change it if we have to but at the same time like I'm not saying like someone's going to book you in that character or not. Like someone could have an idea and see you and go, oh, you'll fit this idea. So I don't try to just completely discourage them or throw it out the window, but put it on the back burner and and hold off on that. But yeah, I can't think of the last ridiculous character. I mean, the one that comes to mind is Big Daddy Beluga. (laughs) That was Brick Mastone. When he first wanted to be a wrestler, he was going to be a fat, overweight male stripper. That was going to be his deal, Big Daddy Beluga. And it's he actually does it once in a great while here when he teams with like Anthony Green and stuff, but a different version of it. But man, that was like so over the top and ridiculous, especially from what you and I saw in Brick when he was wrestling. Yeah. He's, he's a he's a machine. He's a monster. He's a big power lifter. Even though you carry these gimmicks all the way through uh, wrestling school, you know you go to an independent show they put you in the battle royal and the announcer will say here is the golden turd just (laughs) (laughs) just just change on the fly rib you in that way that's happened a bunch of times oh yeah yeah i mean that's part of that's one of the natures of the business and one of the fun things like tommy penmanship yeah he will never let anyone live that down tomaso champo that was his first name in wrestling it was that was given to him as a rib thomas and then he just kept it and used it as a gimmick for yes yeah. And then brought it back years later just because. <laughs> he almost did an OVW, too. <laughs> I think he did do it in OVW. He might have. But, it's uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you get all these ideas and stuff, and then people throw it in a battle royal. And it's like a test, too. You know, it's a test to see if you if you freak out, if you get angry. Some people don't even hear it, so they don't react. 
Um, but that's a good way to kind of see the temperament of the boys and if they're somebody that they'll feel comfortable booking using in the future and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, Chaotic just did something like that not too long ago. One of my students and they called him Roger Klotz because he has the haircut of the the mean jerky villain in the old Doug cartoon, like the the comb over and like no shaved on the sides, like so they called him Roger Klotz and. He didn't even hear it, but I don't think he would have gotten mad if they said it anyway, so he just laughed about it and went on his way, but that always happens. But in this day and age, a lot of times that's kind of tossed out there and then just ignored the very next time if you have a singles match. So Depending on, yeah, if you react well or react poorly, I Correct. Think. You react poorly, then they're going to kind of stick it to you a little bit. Yeah. Uh, okay, so back to being at the wrestling school. What happens on a normal night at wrestling school how does class go from beginning to end all right i usually get there 5 30 ish so it means there's about an hour or so of open ring time whether the students actually use that wisely or not is it depends on the day sometimes yeah. they'll just kind of stretch around sometimes some of the students will work on things they know they need to work on but 6 30 comes i come right down the stairs tell them to line it up and everybody gets into a single line and we start doing blow-up drills there'll be something when you say blow up drills, then this means just They're like calisthenics, uh, warm up drills, different things we do every day to kind of get you in ring shape. So everybody hits the ropes ten times, baseball slides out. Everybody does this drill we call fives, which is like five Irish whips, reverse five Irish whips, drop down leapfrog five times each, and then five up and overs each in the corner. Uh, everybody goes through that, and then after those, we'll do like six bumps. There's six ways of bumps, like the four back bumps, a front flip bump, a handstand bump. And then every day after those, there'll be something different for warm-up drills, whether it's um, bridging uh, with some squats, whether it's like, um, they're called down-ups, but it's like how you bump and feed. Uh, whether it's doing the Brookside Shuffle around the ring and some rolls. And Pardon different, me? Different the- yeah. Brookside Shuffle, this is something new from your uh, from, time from down my the travels, PC? From my travels at the PC, yep. What is the Brookside Shuffle? It's actually something that they do at the tryouts a lot. It's where uh, the, you know you have your hands locked behind your head, and you're going to shuffle left, start going left around a circle. So you go side to, si- so it's yep. side, to side? Yep, side to side, completely in a circle. Backs towards the rope, you're looking straight across the ring at somebody. You're going to be matched up. There'll be four people in there. And then when I say change, you switch, switch and go the other way. Heels not touching, um, kind of s- just going a smooth, steady motion. And then after a minute, we stop at corners. Each corner is numbered. When I call that number, you do a r- roll to the middle and a roll back to your buckle and just listen for your number to be called again. It's just kind of like a um, muscle memory, listen, be able to react to something being called and move. And then we'll do like three rounds of those. Hmm. Grape crushers, we do grape crushers in the buckles, which are uh, basically just high knees in the buckle for a minute, minute and a half straight, and then you go through all four buckles. So a lot of stuff that we do there for blow-ups are stuff that they do at the tryouts when, when you go down to the Performance Center for tryouts nowadays. So I think that's a reason why a lot of our students are ready and prepared if and when they get called down there, because we do that stuff regularly when some places I know don't really do anything like that, and they would just be like dead meat once they got down there for stuff like that so how long is the blow-up section of the training it ends up being the first half hour to 45 minutes of training and um we've had a couple people kind of complain about it but then i explained to them how it relates to wrestling training as well rather than just um making you guys do a bunch of exercises because i'm some drill sergeant or something people don't realize how Certain things that we do in those will relate to a match, and I have to explain it to them because maybe they're not there in their training yet, or maybe they don't understand how to correlate two completely different things, even though they mean something similar. If you know, if that, if I'm saying my words right here, so um, it's Mr. Miyagi and Daniel son. Uh, so, so, he yeah, doesn't understand little, the paint the little, fence. Little wax on, little wax yeah. off action. Yeah, <laughs> show me paint the fence. <laughs> um, so you know, so and then. This has happened more times than than I can remember is my students, when they start wrestling at some shows and they go out to other shows and they come back and they say, listen, thank you for giving me all those blow up drills because I saw some of these other guys out there like dying at like five, six minutes into a match and I was fine because of the stuff you put me through here. I totally see now like why it's necessary and 
I mean, I don't need to justify myself to these kids because I know what I'm doing is right. But I always say, well, thanks. I'm glad that you see, you see it, you know, that way now. And now let's go do some more. Yeah. <laughs> so when you were destroy these guys, when you're done destroying these guys cardiovascularly, the body of the class, what happens first once that's all done? So from there, we have two rings of the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. So we separate. Uh, there's beginners in one ring and there's the more advanced people in the other ring. Generally speaking, I'm with the advanced people. The beginner's ring, Johnny Vegas is always there. And we also have Julian Starr and Scotty Slade help out in the um, beginner's ring. And then on Wednesdays, it's Max Smashmaster and Chase Del Monte there. And they kind of separate or keep people together based on the number of people there. So the beginners, based on where they are, they're going to be working on their fundamentals. They're going to be working on their foundation. They always, We always say... When you build a house, you don't start from the top and work your way down. You start at the foundation and build everything on top of that. So that foundation has to be sturdy and secure. So everything from footwork to locking up to some basic arm holds. And then you're going to learn flat back bumps. And then you're going to learn front flip bumps. And then the first two big things we go over are tackles and hip tosses. Tackles and hip tosses, tackles and hip tosses, tackles and hip tosses. Over and over and over again till you realize, like, man, I don't want to take another tackle or hip toss ever again. But the reason we do those two bumps so much is because every single bump you will take in professional wrestling is just another version of one of those bumps. Every suplex, body slam, whatever else, that's just like a hip toss. Every clothesline, super kick, you know, drop kick, back elbow stuff, that's the same thing as like a tackle. You need to learn how to perfect those two bumps, the front flip bump and that back bump, because everything else that you do from there relates to those. So again, when I was saying earlier, I can't be thinking about, okay, left foot forward, you know, take the bump and get hit and slap out and blah, blah, blah. It just has to be natural. Just have to do it. So they're working on all that type of stuff over there. Over in the advanced ring, that's where we start breaking down matches and start teaching ring psychology. Uh, heels, faces, shines, heats, hopes, comebacks, falses, all those different things, all the, the whens, the whys, the wheres, and the hows. The, the, that's the really, really, really intricate and really, really hard part of pro wrestling is, is that stuff. And that usually takes the longest to learn overall for most people because it's there's so much to it that people don't realize how much goes into storytelling inside of a match so that beginner's ring that's like you were on the floor starting out but now you start in a ring and then if once you get good enough in that beginner's ring you get to move over to the advanced ring and that's kind of like the graduation yep, process. yeah the graduation well the way it works now right now is that there's some people that are kind of like intermediate or in the middle where i'll be able to take a couple over for a couple drills here and there see how they do and then I kind of send them back down and say, this is what they need to work on, these couple things. Or, okay, he was good at this, let's try something else. And then, oh, okay, he can stay over here in the advanced ring and we'll start teaching him that, that next level. Actually, recently we just started adding, because we're four days a week of training now, I added w like one night every two weeks of like, I'll watch a match with all the students and I'll be able to break it down. This is what they did here. This is what they did here. Watch one of their matches or watch like a match from uh, I'll Raw always watch something. my students' matches whenever they bring them into me. But we're watching matches like we just watched um, Shawn Michaels versus Jeff Jarrett from In Your House and we broke that down. <laughs> we watched uh, Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle from the Royal Rumble here in Boston and broke that match down. So I can kind of, rather than just me explaining... This is a shine, this is a heat, this is a cutoff, this is whatever. I can show them, we can pause it, I can I can explain to them why he did this or why they did that and they're you know, they're all taking notes and you can see things kinda of start to sink in that way a little bit more, rather than just me yelling at them for them not doing it right and them kind of maybe not understanding it because maybe nobody in the class did it right that class. Uh, so I think that has kind of helped a lot for those people that are in the middle or in the advanced ring. So you're in the beginning ring, you move into the advanced ring. How do you know when someone's ready to be on a show? Well, once you're in the advanced ring for a little while, we, we do class matches and different things. So I'll do like, I'll give them an assignment. All right, you guys have a five-minute match. This is what I want. You guys have an eight-minute match. And once people can start doing 10-minute matches and calling them, putting them together, you know, under a certain period of time, and, you know, I'll be able to see you who is kind of ready and then i can talk to a couple other places a lot of promotions in the area are really good about using my students lucky pro liberty states 
um, NCW, you know, Atlantic, Atlantic Pro Wrestling, yeah, mm-hmm. APW. I don't know why. I, I couldn't remember the P. Yeah, APW um, are really great at asking me, hey, do you have any new students? We're looking for fresh faces, blah, blah, blah. So a lot of my students, once I know they're ready, once I can kind of see it in class, and we've had a couple of matches, and I, I'll record the matches at class and break it down with them, and, and, the, you know, and I can know by listening to them if they know what's what, then we can get them out on shows. And then from there, that's where the learning really starts beginning because wrestling in front of me is one thing. Wrestling in front of a crowd of people is another thing completely. And it's a little nerve-wracking at first to get out there in front of a live audience, you know, and it's like a learning process all over again. Okay, and then I'll record your match, bring it back, we'll break it down, so on and so forth. And then from there, based on how well they do, we'll, then we'll start seeing where else they can go and wrestle. So, wait, once you're... Once you're on a show, you're done, though, right? <laughs> Training's over. So many people think that. <laughs> it, it drives me up a wall. Um, that is, I think, a standard misconception about training when you first start. Like, once you're on a show, like, okay, I'm trained. And technically, yeah, you're trained. You're good enough to be on shows, sure. But training never really stops, if you want to be really good at this. And there have been plenty of people who've gotten on shows and said, that's it. And they're just plateaued. Yep. They're just and they're like, stagnant okay, yeah, yeah, or, or just, you know, get bad habits and go downhill. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm happy being here. Or they wrestle some of the shows, like I was just saying, and they happen to be better than some of the people that are on those shows and they're brand new. But that's because they're a product of their training and they're better than those people because maybe those people weren't trained as good. And they're like, well, I'm already better than these guys. So... I don't have to train anymore. And they're just happy being one of those big like, fish in a big small fish pond. In a small pond. Yeah. Uh, it's happened time and time again. But like we discussed before, like, and you're, you're very angry about people at the PC that have been training for years and years and years <laughs> and main evented big shows. They're still going through training and stuff and learning things because you never really stop learning or picking things up. Obviously, same thing on, goes on this level too. Like, Get there, get in the ring, try things, work on things, get feedback, take that feedback. And with pro wrestling, you, you know, the old Dr. Tom, you know, uh, pro wrestling is like ice cream. There's many different flavors. And you may like Rocky Road, Michael. I like chocolate, but they're all ice cream. Wrestling, you're going to get a lot of different feedback from a lot of different people. You kind of take the feedback that you think works best for you and your character and you apply it and you go and use it. Uh, so you're not going to get that type of feedback and stuff if you're not at class and, and you're not working and trying to better yourself. Man, it's it's a lot harder than anybody initially thinks, but once you get out there for your first match, anybody that has ever done it regrets not a single second of any time they ever put inside that gym or inside the gym or inside a sweaty warehouse or wherever the hell you may have trained like if it's something that you want and something that you've always dreamed of, go do it because I love the pro wrestling business more than anything else. And I think there's nothing quite as rewarding as it. And there's nothing like pro wrestling anywhere in the world. It's the best of everything, Michael, right? It sure is. And, you know, look no further than a guy like Dijak, who we've talked about here, that he still went to training up until, I mean, he's been Ring of Honor, all this stuff, still always came back, trained at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. And he's a guy who is going on to big things. So he's he's the template. If you want to be a professional wrestler, never stop learning. And maybe someday you'll be going someplace in the professional wrestling business if you choose <laughs> right i mean i crazier things have happened but yeah i mean there's uh there's no place you can't go if, if you really want to especially in this day and age man there's so many opportunities out there start start now try it take your put your best foot forward and just don't look back and go so the new england pro wrestling academy as we said, social media, it's all NE Pro Wrestling on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram. NEProWrestling.com is going to be getting an overhaul shortly. Uh, and you can sign up. You can do, uh, is it NEProWrestling at Hotmail.com? Oh, yeah. Keeping Hotmail alive, baby. <laughs> you can contact Brian yourself and inquire about training to be a professional wrestler at 
the best school in the area. Follow in the footsteps of DiJack. Follow in the footsteps of Oni Lorkin. And, of course, of the WWE Raw Women's Champion, Sasha Banks. Come on down. <laughs> okay, we want your feedback, folks. Every week, we do something called Merv Griffin Time. That's a talkback segment where we interact with you, the listener. So you can tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode, your thoughts on my discussion with Brian Fury about pro wrestling training. Use the hashtag WPAN. We'll mention you and your tweets later this week. That's because every Thursday, it's an all-new, all-different episode of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing on BDA Radio. You can vote on Twitter at the WPAN Monday nights to decide what we discuss on the show, and you never know what else will come up. Be sure to seek it out each and every week. Also, download past episodes of this very podcast. We just mentioned episodes 60 and 61, our two-part discussion with you, Brian, and Alex Arion about the late Steve Bradley. Those are now on the WPAN feed. Just uploaded the NAI archives with those two episodes, so you can find those on the wrestling podcast about nothing feed on your favorite podcast platform or you can find it all over at bdaradio.com but that's another show a way you can interact with us right here on the new age insiders wrestling network every week is through our voicemail line now we want to hear from you get your voicemails in we will play them on the podcast we have voicemails this week there is one voicemail all right call 401-584-9726 that's 401-584-9726 584-WPAN. Okay, we have one voicemail here. Let's take a quick listen because it is a quick voicemail. Oh, brother. Tommy Young, you come here. You want a date with Todd Sinclair? I believe that is a reference to what happened when? That is a reference to the Tony Schiavone podcast the past couple of weeks. They've been doing <laughs> the barbarian, right? Conrad Thompson's been doing impressions of the barbarian, telling Tommy Young to come over here and jerk him off. What? <laughs> yes, you have to listen to it to understand it. Tommy Young, <laughs> it is so hilarious. Tommy Young, you come over here, jerk me off. <laughs> so this was Tommy Young. Come here, win a date with Todd Sinclair. <laughs> Very well done. Fantastic. Uh, I, I believe that's John Morris, that my popped, best friend. That popped me. That's how. That is how he introduced himself to me at the Beyond Wrestling show. By the way, he said, "Jerk me off." What? <laughs> no. Oh, oh. Okay. He said, "Hey, Brian, how are you?" I said, "I'm well. How are you?" He goes, "I'm uh, John Morris, Mike Crockett's best friend." <laughs> <laughs> of course he is. I was like, oh, okay. Podcast. <laughs> right. Tremendous. Uh, yes, he is my best friend. And then he and me out for being on commentary. <laughs> Do you have to take uh, the gear back and then you're, you've are you done everything in wrestling, right? <laughs> have you taken gear back before? No, come on. No. Oh, Jesus. You wouldn't lure yourself to such things. Well, uh, we appreciate John Morris' contribution to the podcast. Call right now. Contribute yourself. Become a part of the wrestling podcast about nothing. The number once again, 401-584-9726, 401-584-WPAN. Just put that phone number in your contacts, WPAN voicemail. That way, you can just press one button. There you go. And now it's time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Brian despises alcohol? <laughs> well, Brian, you are the artist formerly known as Straight Edge Brian Fury. Is that correct? Well, formerly known as, but still am, yes. Okay, well, that, that used to be your wrestling name, actually, Straight Edge Brian Fury. That means you kind of you don't really like drinking beer and such things, right? Correct. So I guess you're saying we're not popping a couple Steve Weisers later for the... Uh, I don't know. I got my uh, Minute Maid Light Lemonade right here. Five wow. calories per can. <laughs> Five calories per can. Wow, it's yeah. nice. So I guess, no. That means you won't be doing that. If Rick Fuller were here, I'd have a tab. <laughs> but what a BDA radio means, Brian Fury is the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head on over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. Get drunk on hot dames at BDARadio.com. Va-va-voom. Yeah, they got the tail of the tape over there. Ooh-la-la. 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 Uh, all right, it is time for the promo about nothing. The year 
Brian Fury. 1995. 95. You graduated? No. Couple years uh, either way. Either way of that, yeah. No, I see. I was 97, so there's no way you were the other way. <laughs> well, you never know. All right. It is World Championship Wrestling. Oh, brother. And uh, let's talk about, speaking of oh, brother, a gentleman from Boston, Massachusetts. Let's take a listen to the odd promo stylings of the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan. This week's promo about nothing. You realize you are going into the most dangerous match of all times. War games. Two steel cages, the Dungeon of Doom against the Hulkamaniacs. I told you life would not be easy. <laughs> You're the one that created me. You and I can't coexist in this planet. Ha <laughs> ha! I can feel evil in cage! You locked in with the Dungeon of Doom! All eight of us at the same time. (laughs) The scarf on your head will start to smoke and boil. Soon your hearing will go. The master himself will drive the wagons. With all the Hulkamaniac carcasses laying on it. The Dungeon of Doom brought you these posies, but they expired. We love you not. We actually hate your guts. (laughs) And we hate you! (laughs) You know what's gonna happen to the immortal Hulkamaniac? You're gonna get buried. My heart goes out to you. <laughs> That's a two for one, Brian. That is a promo about nothing, and that is a heel laugh Hall of Fame grand champion. Holy right smokes! <laughs> oh, we're gonna bury ya. And he was hitting a Hulk Hogan figure with yes. uh, with one of those uh, metal. It's like one of those spade shovels, like a giant metal. Yeah. Sp- while he was sitting. Crisscross applesauce in the middle of the ring. Yeah, this promo was the... I wonder how long this took. This looked like it was like a half day. I think he has like three different forms of the eyebrow face paint on in there, too. I don't think it was just one singular one throughout the whole thing. Well, you're very uh, observant, aren't you? Yeah, I, I tried to be. So I think this is a first in a professional wrestling promo, Brian. Talk about posies. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to go and look at this uh, on he's the... Got, he's got a bouquet of... Old posies, apparently, (laughs) and picking the heads off of them and being strange about it. I got really confused in the middle because he says, what is it? He goes, Zodiac, Shark, Ming, Kamala, Kamala, and then he says, all eight of us in one ring. And I was really confused (laughs) for a second because it threw me off and then i realized what he meant later he it's was, four he on in- four including the four on four so was he not a part of the match kevin sullivan i guess not he's oh just the he's God. the taskmaster he's he the, assigns people to do the things spokesman for him. yes for the, and I don't, i'm trying to figure advocate. out <laughs> I'm trying to figure out he said the the scarf on hogan's head will what did he say it will smolder and boil his skull his skull? You know, he was holding the scarf, though, the Hogan. I think he was holding the, yeah, the bandana gimmick, but I'm almost positive he said the skull, his, your skull. His skull will boil. <laughs> and smolder? <laughs> I, look, <laughs> everything that that group ever did is absolute garbage. <laughs> it's There's, trash. It is so entertaining to look back, though. Have you seen the bit where Hogan goes in himself and he touches the water? (laughs) Ah, it's not hot. (laughs) (laughs) 
That is one of my all-time favorite bits I've ever seen. I think we'll have to save that one for, uh, you know, you can't do one next week, but we'll have to do that in the future oh. with Hogan entering the, the dungeon. I think, like, his Boston accent became part of his character towards the end there. It had to have. Yeah. It was so pronounced. It was quite pronounced. But I think he does normally just speak with that. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. But it's become the whole that is, thing. That is, that is thick. Hulk Hogan. Good thing you used Zodiac and not Brutus the Baba. <laughs> well, you heard this promo about nothing. You have to go and check out the video, all the strange imagery in this. Find the link to the video in the description of this episode on the NAI Wrestling Network. Uh, Brian Malonis is hitting the highways and byways. Crisscrossing this great age of ours, plying his trade as a professional wrestler. And he's got dates. But I don't have them yet. I forgot to ask for them, so oh, I'll, I'll add this. In, I'll add this in after the fact. Will you? Yeah, let's hope. Here I am. I got it. One week from this Friday night, September the eighth, the Kingpin returns to lovely, beautiful Brockton, Massachusetts, for Top Rope Promotions. His opponent that evening. He's on the list. It's badass Billy Gunn, the Kingpin. And Mr. Ass, September 8th. You can find Top Rope Promotions on all social media and brownpapertickets.com to get the hook up there on the Top Rope Promotions big show on September the 8th. Then it is two days later, September 10th, in Western Massachusetts, the Eastfield Mall for Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling. The Big Men Explode, Kingpin Rymalonis versus Wrecking Ball Ligurski, the Tag team that never was explodes out there in Western Mass for Pioneer Valley Pro. You can find them, all their social media, and you can get tickets online for Pioneer Valley on September the 10th. Then, September 15th, a Friday night in Lawrence, Massachusetts, Brian Malonis returns to Chaotic Wrestling. And Pioneer Valley, once again, September 23rd. The Kingpin is back in Western Mass, Hadley, Massachusetts this time for Pioneer Valley Pro. Don't know who he's up against yet out there in Western Mass, but it's always a good time out there for Pioneer Valley Pro. I highly recommend you go get tickets for that event. You can find Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling all over social media. And final date, I think it's September for my friend Brian, September 24th. For Beyond Wrestling, they return to Worcester, Massachusetts. Beyond Wrestling, of course, is a king at social media. So you can find at Beyond Wrestling on Twitter. And you can get the tickets at beyondwrestlingonline.com. That rounds out the Kingpin's dates coming up in September. Put Brian Malonis over on your show. Email brianmalonis at comcast.net or DM him on Twitter at Brian Malonis. And speaking of putting over, how about the Putting Over Podcasts Facebook group? Brian Fury, you are in there. I am. I am. You participated a couple of times. I've uh, answered a couple of questions or commented here and there. And I appreciate it because this isn't just about our podcast. It's about all podcasts. If you love pro wrestling podcasts, and if you're here, why wouldn't you love them? Come on over and join our Facebook community. It's growing every day. Over 200 members now. All you got to do, look up Putting Over Podcasts on Facebook. Just put that in the search bar. Find us. Hit join. We will add you as soon as we can, and you can be a part of the growing community over there. It's a lot of fun, so come and join us over there on Facebook. Putting Over Podcasts is the name of the group. And Brian, you recently appeared on Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast <laughs> with did. Mike Mills. I did. Did you did you give that a, a little listen? Did I you? did. I did. And you guys, uh, you know, decided to continue the burial over there on uh, Mike Mills Podcast. Well, you didn't do yourself any favors at the beginning here saying you still haven't gotten the network. Well, that's, you know. You didn't do yourselves any favor last week when you showed up late to SummerSlam. <clears throat> I'm doing the best I can, Brian Fear. I'm doing the best I can. Oh, brother. And someone who's doing better than the best he can is Mike Mills. So find his podcast. He does a number of podcasts a week on that feed. Sunday, it's the Smoky Mountain Show. Thursdays, it is the flagship show. And he is currently, he has Jim Cornette on there with him. Parts one and two. I believe there's a part three coming up. So make sure you check out the Book in the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast feed on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. 
find Booking the Territory, sign up. It's a fantastic podcast. That Cornette sure can talk. He sure can. Do you listen to his podcast? I do. I listen to a number. I, li- I like the um the What's His Face podcast, the drive through. Oh, see, I haven't listened to that one. I just listened to the regular Jim Cornette experience. Oh, you listen to the drive through with the questions. It's a lot of fun. All right. I've actually kind of prefer that over the experience. Is that, a, is experience that an actual show. podcast gimmick I can find on the. Yeah, you, you got to find that as its own feed. I don't know why it's on its own feed. You should have okay. just kept it with the other one, but it's will, a separate feed. I will look right Which now. Which go do that right now. Yeah, I want you to do some banking while you're at it on your <laughs> phone. Banking late Saturday night during a <laughs> podcast? Unheard of. Checking the boots with referee Tony S. Chip K. Fabe. They should be returning this Sunday, so make sure you find them wherever podcasts are available. Subscribe, download, and enjoy the Check in the Boots podcast. And finally, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Jason and Troy and a cast of characters joining them. The number of things going on that feed all week long the main one though is thursday nights the flagship rundown wrestling podcast and you also do the rundown sit downs interviews with a number of great stars in professional wrestling find that all on the rundown wrestling podcast feed and of course we're here on the nai wrestling network so continue to listen all week long to dc and doc talk the pipe bomb with wakul and company ran with ant late night liam indie pop and I guess that's it, right? He's in the other room. You want me to go get him and ask him? Who? (laughs) Mr. Slade. Uh, I don't think he can answer anything any better than uh, we could, right? He'd be stuttering worse than you during the opening of this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the inside perspective. I'm hearing things. I've I've said this for months. We've been hearing things for a long time about that. All right, so we're just about to get out of here. I'm picking McGregor. You're picking Mayweather. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's what we're going with. So we are back on Thursday with the Wrestling Podcast about nothing on BDA Radio. Or I'm back anyway. You will be. We're getting rid of you. We're bringing back the Kingpin this Thursday. The better Brian for podcasting. If you're missing your Kingpin fix, find it this Thursday on BDA Radio. Search WPAN on your favorite podcatcher or go to BDARadio.com. Then you can join the Kingpin and I next Monday here for the WPAN on the NAI Wrestling Network episode number 72. So until then, he is Brian Fury for the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko. And thanks for nothing. Nothing.